podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello everybody, this is the LFC Day Trippers. I'm Gav and with me I have got Kev and we are going to talk about the World Cup. Tonight we're going to concentrate on World Cup Group A, B, C and D and in a second show then we're going to do Groups E, F, G and H. Um, Kev, how are you? I'm good, good, not too bad. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no football now, but it's like we got the World Cup on our doorstep and yeah. we don't have the build-up for it. You know, normally you'd have like your twenty day build up, you'd have your pre mm. you know, your pre tournament games. Yeah. You get a, a feel of who's what the players are like and who to look for and what have you. None of it this time. It's literally the season ends straight into it. Mm. No warm ups, no nothing. This one of course has been controversial because it's in Qatar. It's being moved from summer to winter. Um I've seen some footage today of what um, I think it was like fans being hired, people being hired to look like fans. I've seen yeah. what supposedly is supporters' digs that they'll stay in, and it just looks like tents. And um, you know, it it hasn't has the best run up. Let's be honest about it. There's a lot of people that won't watch it. Um, don't agree with where it is, and that's absolutely fine. I will watch a small amount. I'd say whatever I catch. You know, I, I'm like that when it comes to these tournaments. I Whatever it's kind of on if I'm there. I very rarely set out to watch anything. But, you know, there's still some massive teams in it. And it's still a World Cup at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, look. Over the weekend, I watched the new FIFA documentary on Netflix. Uh, four episodes, four one-hour episodes. And I'd encourage everyone to watch it. Mm. It's the most definitive documentary that I've seen on FIFA ever produced. David Conn... Uh, the Liverpool journalist who covered Hillsborough yep. was instrumental in putting this Netflix series together and he narrates mm-hmm. the entire thing. Watch it and take from it what you want. But at the end of the day, the fans... I grew up watching World Cups. I love the World yep. Cup. I absolutely love it. I have great memories of it. Some of my greatest football memories of as a child come from the World Cup. And... If the fans had their say, it would not be where it's where it is. We don't get a say in it. It's not there. It's not our fault. It's not the players' fault. It's not the coaches' fault. They're just told where to go and play and represent their countries, and mm. they'll do the best they can. But it is what it is. I'm not going to avoid it, but I'm not going to shut up about the stuff that's going on in Qatar either. And you're seeing it more and more in the spotlight now. Maybe the spotlight on the regime that's there is a good thing because yeah. the rest of the world we could see we could see more of it as well as the tournament yeah. goes on you know we, we could, could. i hope we do i hope we do yeah look in fairness like we, we've seen an awful lot of stuff where you know players are being ordered to do this that and you know jürgen klopp on the from a liverpool side said look these players didn't choose Qatar. you know this yeah. was a decision made 10 years ago or whatever so these players just have to go and represent their countries you know the sort of way um mm-hmm. So it, it is one of those where players, it's still a World Cup for these players. They're probably playing under a bit of a cloud. Um, at the fact that it's in the winter just doesn't sit right with a lot of people. And the fact that where it is doesn't sit with a lot of, right with a lot of people. But that's what you're dealing with when it comes to FIFA yeah. and world football. Exactly. Um, and you know what? It, for all the negativity around it, the positive might come out where people will go after this when you don't do it in winter again. 
and you don't put it in this country again. You know, like, don't get me wrong. If you're in a country in that part of the world and it's not a regime and it's not this, that, and the other, you kind of go, well, look, football is the world game. You know, we you couldn't go, you can't go and play in the summer in parts of Africa, you know, yeah. because it's just way too hot, you know, the sort of way. And maybe, maybe moving it is because of conditions, fine, but but when you couple it with everything else that's going on, it's a bit, it's a bit a shady, taste. isn't it? Um, but look, taste. we're going to get into it. We're going to, as I said, we're going to do the first four groups tonight. We're going to do the second uh, two two groups ASAP. We're going to release these both the day before the World Cup starts, so you'll have two shows um, back to back on our YouTube channel and for download as well. So, um, so let's get into it. Group A, um, opening Group game a. is Qatar v Ecuador. Am I right? Yeah, Qatar v Ecuador Sunday, Sunday, yeah. Sunday four pm. And to be honest, Qatar as a football country just doesn't have the history. It, it, when you dig into it, you'll struggle to find a player that you know. Hmm. And the ones that have, like, I mean, their main player is a guy named Hassan Al Haidas. He's one hundred and fifty eight caps, thirty one year old striker, and. I don't think any of them play in Europe. Play in Europe, they don't play in any of the major leagues, but they've been building up for this. Like most host countries, they play in um, arranged tournaments throughout the last few years, and their results haven't been great. They, I think their last few results, they've had a three nil nil draws, maybe a, a one nil loss here and there, but they don't score. Um, they're a very defensive side, and they could set. A record actually for being the only host country to lose their opening game. It's yeah. never even South Africa, I think, in their opening game yeah. took a draw. So it just seemed a done thing that the host country would always get something out of the first game. And it usually sets the tournament off into a positive spin. I mean, you go back Mexico eighty six, Spain in eighty two. These countries when the homes country does well tends to have a whole a lift around the whole country and everyone there's much more enthusiasm in the game but mm. basically the way the stadiums are set up in Qatar it's about half the size of Leinster mm. you know it, it's 11 or 12 stadiums in such a small yeah. radius yeah. you know the the build up to all the games and that there's no spread nobody's spread out there's no flights here there and everywhere the fans are going to be mixed together you know the fans that do travel It'll be interesting to see how this all plays out. But the opening game, I mean, you look at Ecuador. I actually look at the group, and I actually wouldn't be surprised if Ecuador come out of this. Mm. They have a really good, very good young side. Some really good young players. Hinsepe is a, a centre-back, 20 years of age, at uh, Bayer Leverkusen. He's, picking up, he's getting a lot of love from uh, the big clubs at the minute. Estupian at Brighton, we know. You know, they picked yep. him up for a snip. Really good player. Caicedo, we know. Yep. Very good player. And there's a striker as well at Valladolid. Uh, Plata is his name. He's on loan. I think he's on loan from Sporting Lisbon. So I don't know if Sporting Lisbon have sold him to Valladolid or he's on loan at Valladolid. But he's probably one to look out for. But when you look at Ecuador, the bulk of their side is very young. And they've come through a really successful youth setup, And they qualified well in South America. So... To come out of the uh, qualification in South America, you've got to have a bit about you. So it's uh, I expect Ecuador to win, the, to beat Qatar, set themselves up for the tournament. And they're going to be one of those sides, I think, that um, high energy, 
they'll be top of the who needs them club in this group. You know, it's expected that the Netherlands and Senegal, because of the pedigree of the two nations, will come through. But I could see Ecuador making this really interesting. Yeah. This group, I think. I think we could we could hire. You know, <clears throat> you're right. I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you one result in Qatar. Um, in um, you can go back as many years as you mm. like. You know, Ecuador. You have got those few standout players. If you look at Senegal, though. Um, you know, they they win the African Nations, don't they? Yeah. Against Egypt, then they knock Egypt out in the qualifier for the World Cup. You see the quality of players they have. Of course, Sadio Mane is rumored to be missing their opening games, so I'm presuming he's going to miss the first two, which is a bit of a blow to them. Um, and we, I think that's a massive loss for them, Sadio Mane in the first two games. I think it's a massive loss and. Then you look at then you look at the Netherlands or Holland, wherever you want to call it, and you know, they're they're a lot of people's dark horses. Usually when you go into these tournaments, the problem with Holland is um they all start round with each other and there's fallouts everywhere. But they yeah. seem a bit more of a of a kind of tighter knit group for me at the minute. You know, you have got some some unbelievable players in that in the Holland squad. Um and I, I think you're right. I think Ecuador might just throw the cat amongst the pigeons and you know what? The heat out there, young players, energetic. It might make up for the fact that they're young and they might be a bit, you know, wet behind the ears. I think it's a tough one to call. And when I was looking, and I was doing up, I was doing up all the groups today, and I looked at them and went, "Oh, that is interesting." Because you know, you do mention those players, the two from Brighton, the centre back, striker, and you're kind of saying to yourself, "You know what? When you talk about Qatar." Or a host nation getting on a run and or getting a result and then they just if snowballs, Ecuador kind of cut out that feel. Um, yeah. Give me the standout player in the group for you before we before we give it to the team because we're not going to go into massive detail on this. No, we're going to have a standout player. We're going to have pick two to go through and we move on to the next group. Uh, Cody Gakpo, the Netherlands. I think okay. he'll start ahead of Memphis Depay. Okay. Um, I think when you look at the age of the Senegal squad, there's an awful lot of 30-plus players there. Mm. You know, Mendy, Koulibaly, even Mendy at Leicester. You know, they're all 30-plus. And I wonder how much the African nations took out of that side to reach that summit and then go again. This is the Netherlands' first tournament in a long time. Yeah. Uh, 2014, I think, was the last tournament they went to. They finished third. Yeah, they've been runners up three times. I could see why they're being tipped as a, a dark horse for this. Denzel Dumfries is another player who I think will do well in this tournament. If people are doing fantasy football for this tournament. Is Dan Juma in the group in the squad? I don't think so. Right. Okay. Cody Gakpo is uh, the young is they'll play three at the back and they'll play attacking wing backs. Mm. And Denzel Dumfries is made for that wing back role. But I think Cody Gakpo is That's a, a player. Show here. I think Cody, Cody Gakpo is a player who's going to do something. This this I think he's going to boost his transfer value uncomfortably out of a lot of clubs. Re, uh, remit this this uh, World Cup. But the other thing that'll be interesting to see is how Virgil copes in a back three. It's all well and good doing it in friendlies and in. Um, qualifier games where you don't see much of the ball but see how he is in the center of a back three with um 
more likely Yuri and Timber on one side and maybe um Delict as as the other centre back. Yeah, Netherlands are gonna be are gonna be a good watch. Okay. So two to go through in the group. Two to go through. Uh Netherlands will win the group, Ecuador second. I tend to agree with you. I tend to agree with you. Um yeah, I go with that. I'm happy with that. I think I think the loss of Mane is used for Senegal. I think he's yeah. he's a when real you, like as much as we go on about Salah for Egypt being a talisman. I think I think Mane is a huge talisman for for Senegal, and, yeah. and he might end up that unfortunate that he he um he gets back to playing. They not that they're out of the group, but they could be badly needing something to get through. You know what yeah. I mean? They could be badly needing to get something. To get Ishmael Asar is key for them. Yeah, if he turns up, Ishmael Assar is very hit and miss though for me. Kev. Exactly, that's the thing. That's the reason why a lot of clubs haven't gone for him. Yeah, I think he's very you know, hit and miss. But he's he's vital for them. He has to hit the ground running if they're going to do anything in this group. Mm. But okay. I'll stick with it. I'll stick with what I said. Okay, let's go on to Group B. Group B: England, Iran, USA, and Wales. All right. Um, there's been a lot made over. I think the Wales squad nearly picks itself. They've been yeah. very tight knit. As to who they are, they know their identity, the way they play, and I've been very impressed with them over the last couple of years, I have to be honest. They pull out big results when they need them. They win games they're meant to win most of the time. Um, USA are interesting for me because USA had, their reputation seems to have grown a lot with the young players that they have, you know, and, you know, this player's young and, you know, um, like the Pulisic and... Uh, is uh, it Genie Reina on off Gio Reina, Dor- yeah. Yeah, Gio Reina off the off the um, Dortmund and stuff like that. And they struggled a bit through the qualifiers. You know, they struggled yeah, at times. They haven't been in any kind of form going Yeah, into they haven't this been world. Now, Iran I know nothing about, so I'm not gonna pretend I do. But the, yeah. the big one here is England because there's been a huge amount made over the squad that he's picked. I think uh, you know, I'm not a big Gareth Southgate fan because I think yeah. he's a liar. Um and I think he he's a compulsive liar. To be perfectly honest with you, um, the treatment of some players, and I, when you know, you know, I'm talking about Trent Alexander-Arnold yeah. and this, um, really rubbed me up the wrong way. And comments from him, uh, you know, he he's 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 he said things like he didn't pick um, Tam, Tammy Abraham because he already lost a bit of form, and he has Harry Maguire in the fucking squad. You know, um, he's he's picking his favourites, but pretending he's not picking other players that you would think would be in the squad because of form and stuff like that. So it's one rule for one. And one rule for another, and um, I'm no fan of England when they play, and I think, I think he's made a massive rod for his own back with the squad that he's picked, and the options that he has there, if one or two go down, I think he's in serious trouble. Yeah, I mean, look, England should come out of this group. Yeah. They should top the group. I think they will top the group. Yeah, you know, let's just leave that one out there. He's nailed on to play a back five uh, yeah. because the squad dictates that. Yeah, I think he was probably almost, looking at Maguire, Stones, and Walker as your back three. I think. I think Walk Dyer. I'd imagine. I don't know if he go. But with, if he brings um, Maguire, I think he's gonna have to play him. I don't think he will. Because um, I, I think, couldn't believe I couldn't believe he didn't bring Tamari. I just couldn't get over. No, I, I get that Tamari won to a point. I mean, look, he should have gone purely, purely and simply. He's a left-sided centre back who's quick. You know, and mm. if you're gonna have Kyle Walker as your right sided centre back, well, what's he gonna do? Is he gonna, is he gonna put Stones and Dyer then? 
I think he put Dyer in the middle. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, with John Stones, because John Stones is a good footballer. Yeah, he's a very you good centre back. In fairness, you know he's he's improved an awful lot over the years. So whether he plays a left hand side, the question for me is, and, and I think he will start Trent on the right as a wing back, is that he might start Kieran Trippier as a left wing back with um, three in midfield. It would be Declan Rice, Bellingham, and possibly Foden, or Mason Mount as your attacking midfielder. But he's brought, he's brought um, the, 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 the fella off City. He used to be with Leeds. His name is going to be my head. Calvin Phillips. Yeah. Yeah, he's I think him. it'll be first change with Henderson. Okay. Until because, the, because at the Euros, it was Calvin Phillips and, and Rice in that midfield all day yeah. long. You know, but um, I think they'll top the group. But I think oh, I just I just feel like England have picked players that probably shouldn't have went. You know, and I think I know they're in Qatar and stuff like that, but I think the media are going to be all over them from yeah. the very very beginning. Um, we're saying they'll top the group, right? Who comes second? Because I'm going to throw it out there. I think Wales go with them. I don't. Um... And purely simply, I think they're going to be relying on too many players that are way past their best. Okay. And Gareth Bale has had a really good resurgence in the MLS. Mm-hmm. But um, Ramsey in France has been atrocious. His club career for the last few years has been really poor. Put a whale shirt on him and he's a different animal. The same with Joe Allen. You know, you put him in a whale shirt on him and they're really, really good. The thing is, I look at that US squad and you Turner is at Arsenal, you've Serginho Dest at Milan, Aronson, uh McKinney at Juventus, Tyler Adams, they've like you said, Pulisic Gio Reyna, Josh Sargent as well. They've got players who were quick, energetic, high pace, high energy. They might not be in form going into the tournament, but I think they've got enough to come out of the group. I I completely see what you're saying, right? Yeah. But the only thing that from me is, I for the results I've seen for America, or the USA, whatever you want to call them, in, in the last couple of years, and even in the qualifying for the World Cup, games where you expected them to win, they either didn't or struggled badly. And for me, I, I, get, the, I get the whole age profile with Wales, but Wales seem to go in with a very clear idea of what they want to do in every game. And they seem to put that plan into 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 place very quickly and very efficiently. And I think, you know, like when you see, ah, oh, they're a wily old team. You know, like when you think of a Croatia or something in a tournament yeah, yeah, yeah. where they're a wily old team and, you know, and even when you think of Germany squad is poor, you think that with a wily, they'll get through and you'll be quite fun. I just have a feeling that Wales, with, the plan that they'll have set in stone and the way they carry out the plan a lot of the time, I think might just get them through the group. But look, I'll take England-Wales. Are you taking england I take England-US, but okay. it's vital that England for England's sake that they top the group because the runners-up of this group will most likely face Netherlands in the next round yeah. and vice versa. Mm. If, you know, if, you come se- if you come second in the group, if you come second in the group, you face Holland. If you win the group, if it goes the way I think it'll go, you'll face Ecuador in the next round. Hmm. And you have a real live chance then, whoever it is, of getting into the last the last eight. Yeah. 
and from there on anything is possible yeah oh that's it once you get out of that once you get out of that last 16 you know anything anything goes yeah um let's let's look at group c argentina mexico saudi arabia poland it's an interesting group because argentina go into it as probably one of the i think they might be favorites for it actually if they're not, they will, they will be very close. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was speaking to Sean, and he, he, I think he told me that Argentina are actual favourites for the tournament. Messi's last major tournament, I think. Yeah. World Cup, anyway. Unless he can squeeze another, um, unless he can squeeze another South American Championship in, you know. Um, but when you look at the rest of them, Poland flattered to deceive for me. Yeah, they do. Mexico. You know, very I'd, poor. Yes, but when but but they're probably looking at, at Saudi Arabia and Poland and saying to themselves, We've a chance. You know, we actually have a chance. I don't know about Saudi Arabia, I don't know enough about them, but when I look at this, is this is this a case of a group where Argentina stroll this win their force two, rest a lot of players for the tour game, probably come out of it with seven points and the rest of them scrap around them. Well, we've been here before with Argentina uh, in World Cups where you look at the group and you think, yeah, they'll waltz through it and they can struggle. Mm. This version of Argentina, though, I mean, my God. Yeah, I know. You talk about Lionel Messi, you have Lutaro Martinez, you have Alvarez, who's a city, you have Dybala, you have Enzo Fernandez, you have McAllister, Leandro Mar- uh, Martinez, and you have the keeper as well, Yeah, who's a villa. You know, it's... This Argentina look a different animal yeah. compared to previous versions. Um, I don't think they'll struggle one bit. I think they'll rotate plenty through this group and come through this group with nine points, and everyone will be will have played and be ready and primed for the knockout football. Yeah, um, they'll run away with this group. Saudi Arabia, like yourself, very much um, there for the ride. You know, they'll enjoy the tournament. But I don't expect them to get anything out of it. Mexico, a couple of names you'll be familiar with. Um, Herrera used to be at Atletico Madrid. Uh, Herling Lozano yep. at Napoli, very good player. Raul Jimenez is going against the advice of Lopetegui. Okay. Lopetegui did not want him going, but he, you know, he's going, that's it. An awful lot of... Uh, Liga Mex, Liga Mex players in this Mexican squad. An awful lot of players, younger players, looking for bigger moves to Europe. So the, the Mexican league is strong in that part of the world. You know, you'd often see the Mexican sides would beat the MLS sides in their version of a Champions League. Yeah, but it's not a it's not a great league, and um, I can't imagine that they they play too many internationals together. You know, especially in a role like this, they wouldn't have the tournament experience going yeah. into going into this. So does this does this all depend on if Poland turn up Lewandowski? And yeah, Paul? if if Lewandowski, Matty Cash, uh, Milik, Zielinski, Bednarek, these players, if they turn up to and play the form, they'll come second in the group, and from there see what the knockouts are like. But Lewandowski is in the same boat as Messi is in this. This yeah. is probably his last tournament, yeah. and he's never really done it at international level. Mm. Club level, the guy's an absolute freak. He's a yeah. great goal. No, he's scorer. loads of goals for Poland. I just yeah. think whenever they've <coughs> when he chips it down, he 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 doesn't turn up in tournaments. Yeah, so I think that I think they do flatter to the sea of Poland. I think 
if they show up though they should, they'll have too much for Saudi Arabia and Mexico yeah. as a matter of interest when do Argentina play Poland in this group do you know no I don't off the top of my head hold on um, yeah have a quick look there because that'll decide top if that's early then it'll be it could go down to goal difference in the last games but I think this to me is look it's probably the most dominant group of a one two. Okay. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna double check because yeah. I think it'd be interesting when Poland play um when Poland play the let me see, group C. It might be first up. Mexico play Poland up first. Let me go down here now. No, they don't play them to last. So it could come down to a straight shootout. The third is could deal, it could deal, but what you probably, what you probably, yeah, it probably will end up with you know Argentina might have four points, Poland might have, or Argentina might have six, Poland have four, and Poland it might stop Argentina from resting a few, and Poland thinking they can top the group. But then again, if Poland mess up in one of those two games, Argentina stroll it. You know, and rest players yeah, at the end, and maybe that gives Poland a chance to overtake the other two. But Argentina, Poland, they were then. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. hands right. down. Yeah, no, I'm happy with that. I'm happy with that. Right, last group of the evening um, is Group D: France, Australia, Denmark, Tunisia. Um, France have an unbelievable squad. Like the team, the yeah. players they've left out of the fucking squad is scandalous. It's funny enough, I looked on transfermarket.com yeah. and the actual transfer market value of the France squad is $1.08 billion. Mm. You know, you ha- like the players you have, you look at the strength you have. In goal, I'm not too sure, but when you look at the centre-backs, everything else throughout the team they have is just pace, power, strength. Ability you have the whole loss. So let's put them aside for a minute because we yeah, presume they're going to top the group. Let's look at Tunisia again, a bit like Saudi Arabia. You know, Tunisia usually torn up, they might get a draw somewhere, but eventually they're beaten. So we rule them out, I think. Yeah, the only name I recognized off from Tunisia was Medbury. Uh, United, he was at Manchester United, Hannibal Medbury. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's on loan at Birmingham this yeah. season. Um, he plays for Tunisia. And Shakar, uh, yeah, I think Shakiri or is Sh- yeah, Shakari, he, he's at Cologne. But other than that, you know, the rest of the players are either local base or in lower leagues in yeah. on the continent. D- Denmark it, are it interesting, would, though. Denmark are very think, interesting. I think they're very strong. <coughs> they are. I think they're looking they're, very strong. Denmark have a very good squad, very experienced squad as well, and very strong at the back. They've you've Casper Schmeichel in goal, you've Anderson from Fulham, Christensen is at Barcelona now, Simon Kier at Milan, and Christensen at Leeds. Yeah, you know that's a very strong back four five. If you want to use Makele from Atalanta, yeah, and then you look at the midfield. Your midfield is Hoiberg, Norsgaard, and Christian Eriksen. Yeah. You know, you've two proper holding centre mids there. And you Christian Eriksen and Damsgaard in free roles. And up front, you have Darren Braithwaite and um, 
Dahlberg. Yeah. Who's been around now for a good while. You also had the guy who, oh, is it RB Leipzig? Oh, is, is that Olsen? You're His asking name? me, no, Kev. No, no, no. <laughs> they're, they're, uh, uh, Christian Paulson. Not Christian oh. Paulson, but his, na- his last name is Paulson. Okay. But they have an exper- a really experienced, good, solid side who would, again, they'd be top of the who needs them club. If you come to a knockout football, you don't want to they could be them. no, you don't. They could be one of those sides that could um, scrap their way into a last eight very easily. So we have France down as a winner in this group, right? Yeah. Well, we're writing off Tunisia. We're looking at Denmark yeah. being strong. So can Australia jump in there and take second place for you? Uh, no. The only names you'd recognise from Australia would be Aaron Moy, Celtic, uh, Matt Ryan. Uh, goalkeeper, goalkeeper used to be at Brighton. That's it. He was at Brighton, yeah. was he not at Arsenal then? He w- he went from Brighton to Arsenal and then left Arsenal. I think he's in Spain now. Okay, all right. Um, but that's about it from Australia. The, you know, Australia haven't had. Uh, I mean, the thing is, Australia were in the running to host this tournament. Yeah, and the build-up for this tournament started with the A League in Australia back then, but. Because they didn't get the tournament, the A-League never really got the investment in Australia that hosting a World Cup would have brought them. Yeah. In the same way with the MLS in the US, yeah. off the back of the 94 World Cup, got the investment. Australia never did. And it'll be, I think, the game, the Australia against Tunisia will be the game to decide third place. Okay. But... The, the winner of this group will be the winner of the uh, France-Denmark game. And okay. that could be a game where you could get a surprise. Yeah. Because as I said, Denmark are very strong at the back. Yeah, France are really good. You know, they have some unbelievable talent. But we've seen in um, recent games in qualification and in the Nations League, they can come up, they can come a cropper in games. Yeah. You know, and against a side like Denmark, who won't hold any fear of playing France, they know what they're coming up against. Yeah. It wouldn't be beyond the realms of possibility that Denmark get a result against France that could mean it goes down to goal difference, or yeah. they could turn them over. Yeah. You know? well, are we are we going France Dan- Denmark? Yeah. Oh yeah. In that Logically, order. You, in that order, I think you'd have to go France Denmark. But yeah. it wouldn't be beyond the realms of possibility that Denmark sneak in and maybe top the group. And that puts the cat amongst the pigeons for the knockout stages in a big way. Okay. Um, of all the teams we've spoken about there, who's your standout of those 16? And who is your dark horse for the tournament? Standout is, for me, is Argentina. Mm-hmm. Um I would have said France until I looked at the squad and you realise they've only taken one fullback on either side. They've taken one right back, one left back, uh, a rake of centre backs. A problem centre midfield, they've taken Rabiot and they've taken Mbappe. And you look at it, you just look at it. They have the capability within that squad to explode. Yeah. And they've done it in the past. I don't know why Rabiot is going to this tournament. I have no idea. Good player, playing well at the minute, but 
I wouldn't have had him anywhere near a squad. Yeah. So Argentina, I look at Ar- yeah, I look at Argentina. Just stand out. Who's your dark horse? Netherlands. Yeah, the Netherlands could quietly find themselves in a very good position in this tournament. Um, they have a really good squad. Van Hal, seventy-one years of age, just got you know he's got over prostate cancer. He's had twenty odd chemotherapy sessions to get over this, and he's got the all clear, which is fantastic. But I look at this isn't the Netherlands of the eighties and the nineties where there was clicks and where mm. they they had problems. This looks like a Netherlands side who are completely together and all pulling in the one direction. And they have a real good record of getting to finals. They just can't get couldn't get it over the line. Yeah. I'd love to see them go on and win it. I really would, just for the romantic in me in watching football over the years. Yeah. You know, I'd love to see them getting do getting do it, but Argentina as well. Serious squad, serious yeah. talent. I think I think Argentina are probably the standout just ahead of France because I think France is just that big, strong, powerful unit. They they they've been together, they know how to do it. Argentina have huge pressure from their own country to win World Cups. That's just the standard there. Um but I kind of agree with you with Holland. I think if Holland got through their group, like you said, you get you could get a decent if they win their group you could get a decent draw in the in the in the last 16 and then like you said you get into the last eight and Holland are the tighter to get on a roll they you know the, the confidence grows and they get tighter and tighter together and, and God only knows where they can go and when you have the likes of Van Dijk there you like the likes of Gakpo they've, they've they've lots of talent and that can hurt you Um, so I'd, I'd probably go along the same lines as you Um, but it's there's some cracking games in there don't get me wrong there there's is. some cracking games in there we're going to leave it there we're going to go on to groups E, F, G and H um, in our next recording. And as I said, we'll have both these shows out on Saturday, the day before the World Cup starts. Uh, Kev, anything else before we go? No. Uh, just hit the like button and share it around so as many people get to see it. And leave your comments in the comment section below so mm-hmm. we can get We're going to release these as premieres anyway. So when they go out, people can actually live comment on them as they go out. So we do oh, that cool. as well. All right. Um, that has been your World Cup uh, preview. Groups A to D with me, Gav, and Kev. We'll be back the next time for, as I said, groups E to H. Talk to you in a bit. Over and out. Podcast Network.